We're looking for first-time authors. Do you have a manuscript in a drawer somewhere? Have you always dreamt of being a published author? Well, contact us and have a Visa card or a checkbook. Years back, I had a represented a wife of a guy who wrote the book, Winning Through Intimidation, Looking Out for Number One. He self-published Winning Through Intimidation, took out full-page ads in the Wall Street Journal promoting it, huge media campaigning. He paid for it by himself. It went to number one on the bestseller list for several weeks. He made a fortune off of it. And yet, the content, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and the advertising did the trick. Now, that one thing that most people do not have is the money to buy their fame. Mm. See, there, therein lies the problem. Vanity is expensive. Dave, are you there, my friend? How can you tell if something might be a scam or is a scam? Uh, in the publishing industry, there are a lot of red flags, but most people, when they start out writing, they don't know these flags yet because... There's very little communication between new writers because they don't know who else is a writer. It's like mm. driving down the street. You look at a house. Is there a writer in it? <laughs> <laughs> there is. Don't knock. <laughs> but the Internet has opened up vast avenues of communication among writers because now there are many websites. And many scams. Mm. And there were already many scams. But now we're trading information. We have been for the last dozen years or more. Predators and Editors has been around for almost 12 full years now. Uh, we'll celebrate our 12th anniversary uh, in just another month. But uh, there are many scams that have been out there for ages, and now we're educating writers what they are, what to look for when they're not sure because the name isn't familiar to them, and we're saving them money. In our oh, first we're talking about a lot of money, too. Oh, yes. In our first year alone, I kept uh, emails from writers who said, oh, you just saved me 50000 from this particular publisher oh who wanted God. to publish me, or 20000 I did a count, a total, of all of those emails for that first year. We saved writers over a half a million dollars. Wow. And Dave. that was when we were a small site with just two or three pages. Going back to the $50,000 saving, the first one that you told us about, did you find out how it was that you saved them that money? Yes, what they said was our warnings about that particular vanity publisher or whatever had given them reason to not go with them, and they calculated they had saved 50000 based upon what those people wow. were asking for. Wow. Uh, that was an extreme example. Well, what were they asking for, if you know? Oh, they're wanting fees for editing, fees for corrections, uh, fees for the actual printing, fees for getting the books distributed, and so forth. Fees <laughs> for promotion, marketing, and then, of course, at the end of that, you would have a stack of books in your garage or closet. Yeah, I would assume they would accept any manuscript you're willing to send and pay for. Especially for a first-time writer. You know, there it's like, I'm an actress also, and when you start out, you go, oh my God, maybe somebody will pick me up, maybe this, maybe that. And I've met a lot of writers with the same thing, where they're so desperate that they'll take their life savings and they'll go ahead and invest it. That is very true. Desperation plays into it heavily, because new writers do not realize very often that each publisher out there has its own preferences mm -hmm. within the market. In other words, you don't take a romance to a science fiction 
publisher. And I'm sure the publishers have uh, their favorites too, don't they? Beg your pardon. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I said I I imagine that the publishers probably also still have their favorites. It's probably very difficult to get in when you're a writer. They, They target markets they're familiar with and material that they like. Their own reading preferences are going to figure into that heavily. That's why there are so many publishers out there, because people have different tastes. Mm-hmm. I had one uh, one author send me a, an email says, I don't understand why this, these people rejected me. My book was so good. And I looked and it said, we do not accept email submissions, and we only accept submissions between the months of, say, August to December. And he sends it to them in February by email and <laughs> can't understand why... They, you know, rejected them. I said, well, you might read what their requirements are. <laughs> it is still one of the biggest problems is getting writers to read the guidelines. They think that if you get the address of the publisher from out of a book or from a trade publication providing they'd found one, and if they'd found one, they should know a little bit more by then. But if they've got that address, they think that's all they have to do is send it in the commercials on TV from HP and other places in the past have said, you can be published, have our computer, you can get your manuscript presented, and you can be published. Well, yeah, you could be, but <laughs> it's not that easy. You've got to find the right publisher who wants what you have to offer. And I imagine if you do something like Burl just suggested and they see your name in the future, they won't even read what you sent in, even if you send it at the right time in the right way. Well, most of them do not have a blacklist of that sort. To mm-hmm. get blacklisted, you would have to do something really awful, such as make up an account that you then claim was a true biography. <laughs> We've had a couple, couple big ones like that in the past year. <laughs> That's exactly it. Those are the kind that get blacklisted because after that, the publishers cannot trust them. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes I, I've, I hear this over and over again, it makes me crazy, that uh, many of the advocates... Now, I have nothing against self-publishing uh, for certain types of things. Nonfiction, niche market stuff, you know, like you know, how to decoupage your cat, and 500 things to do with a wood chipper, recipes my mother ruined, you know, that's fine. I don't think very many people buy novels, you know, <laughs> that are self-published. No. That is true. Uh, uh, there are... A few exceptions down the path of uh, publishing that have proven that it can be done, but those are very rare exceptions. And they were basically by people who had a stroke of luck (laughs) at the right time and place to get them noticed, and then somebody else picked up on it and got it distributed. Now, have any of these companies that do these things, we're looking for new authors, please you know, pay us and we'll make you a published author, which I say is like buying a stethoscope and calling yourself a doctor. Uh, have any of these been taken to court or prosecuted for any sort of criminal activities? Yes, they have been prosecuted for some things, but it has not been so much for criminal, so much as civil suits for uh, things like libel. Uh, author House had a case about two years ago, I believe, where... One of their authors published a book through them. They didn't vet it. Uh, the book uh, libeled somebody else who learned about the book, took them to court, and won. Because the publisher 
didn't take the time to read through. And the court said, you failed in your duty. You should have been reading through. You should have been asking this. You should have had a legal department checking on this to make sure that not only it was true, but that it wasn't going to show somebody in the wrong light, especially when they're not a public official. That's why you get these manuscript copies with all the questions and corrections on them. Yeah, we were just talking about that with Corey Mitchell. The, you know, with the real publishers have legal departments to check this stuff and fact checkers and... Uh, um, exactly. I have, you know, I am embarrassed to say that several years ago, uh, I was under contract to a company called NPI, Northwest Publishing Incorporated. Why embarrassed? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm embarrassed because they paid me and paid me well. They paid right. me $25,000 for the rights to publish my book, Man Overboard, The Counterfeit Resurrection of Phil Champagne. And they treated me wonderfully. They flew me to the ABA, treated me like gold because I was. I was the only author, it turns out, that they paid Oh my God! Everyone else was paying them, so I was oh. getting. I was How getting. How did you do that? <laughs> I was the. I was the unwitting shill. I would get phone calls from people saying, "What do you think of NPI? I'm thinking of signing with them." And I said, "Oh, they're fat. They treat me wonderfully." And, but the, all these other people know. were writing them checks for ten grand to just have the. You were the Judas cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Uh, they, they all went to that true crime story as the publisher went to prison. <laughs> well, is there a blacklist or something where people can go and say, oh, my God, I shouldn't go with this company or this publisher or whatever? Well, there's no blacklist per se. But Predators and Editors, early in its history, established a set of criteria for its own recommendations. In other words, we don't dictate to the publishing industry who is good or who oh, isn't Oh, you can't. Good. You'll spend your life in court. But we do say, this is the criteria we use to give our recommendations. If you don't follow, if you fall to the side of our criteria, then we're not going to recommend you. Mm-hmm. And, of course, a lot of writers have uh, learned of us, and they visit and check religiously, you might say, to see if... A publisher is listed. I get emails every day saying, uh, so-and-so's not listed. Uh, are they any good or are they bad? Because they figure if they're not listed on P&E yet, they must be bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Hand, that has caused a lot of publishers and agents and whatnot to write to us asking to be listed. Interesting. good. Now, I came across a a self-publishing site. I really had to kind of admire these folks, and I don't know where they are on your list. Uh, What's called Dog-Eared Publishing. Familiar with them? And they had the coolest thing is they talked about all of their competitors, and they were totally honest. You know, they said, okay, we're in self-publishing. If you're doing a novel, no one's going to buy it, but hey, you'll feel good having it done, (laughs) and we'll charge you less. I mean, they were just totally, you know, up front. And uh, I thought that was really kind of cool. There uh, are a couple of companies like that that are honest, and those are the ones we want to see succeed. Mm-hmm. True. They're not going to get you mega distribution deals. You're not going to see your book become a movie later on, but at least you'll get your book published. You'll be able to show the people in your own hometown, hey, I could do something. Earl, didn't you uh, mention a publishing company that only pay you a thousand dollars? Oh yeah, they're a good and they're a good company too. That's Five Star. There uh, are a lot of companies that offer very small advances, and some that offer no advances. Mm-hmm. That is not a indication of whether they're good or not. It's simply an indication of how big they are. 
Mm, that's an interesting analysis. A couple of people also asked me that I know that wrote books, once you go ahead and you submit your copy, how long does it usually take for you to actually say, well, we're interested, we're not interested, that type of thing? It depends upon the publisher. Uh-huh. I had uh, one book out that took two years before I got a reply. Two years? Wow. <laughs> I had another book I sent the manuscript in. It took one hour. Really? And For a rejection or an acceptance? And uh, yes, the publisher in that case accepted it. Isn't but that nice? They went bust within a year. Oh! <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> it shows you never know, right? And exactly. here, the two-year thing—you were probably sitting there going, "Oh, I gave up already." You no, know, it's an interesting <laughs> thing. The, uh, it was a woman from uh, Wales who published through uh, was it Publish America, which is a company that does not have the finest reputation on the planet. She was saying, well, but don't pay any attention to the naysayers. Her book actually was, uh, became one of the top ten books in the country and uh, is very highly regarded. To me, the moral of the story is if she would have taken it to a regular publisher, they would have paid her to publish it, and it still would have been one of the top ten books in Wales. <laughs> and she would have saved her money <laughs> and made some. <laughs> but her book was the top, within the top ten in Wales, I presume. Yes, in that country, yeah. yeah. So, well, sold ten, 10 copies. would have been much better of being in the top ten for the world. In that yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, obviously, she did a lot of distribution and marketing on her own to get mm-hmm. to where she did, because I can guarantee you, Publish America simply does not have a professional sales team or a professional marketing team, and they do not have the distribution to get books into actual bookstores. Well, then they shouldn't be in business. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They, claim they are a traditional <laughs> publisher, yet in uh, the Washington Post a few years ago, Larry Clopper of Publish America was interviewed and admitted in that interview that they invented the term traditional publisher to set them apart from vanity publishers. Now, there are basically four types of publishing. You have commercial or trade, sometimes also called commercial trade publishing. That's your houses like Doubleday, Random House, Tor, uh, Avalon, uh, you name it. You've seen there's books in bookstores. Then you have the university presses. These uh, often are geared to handling things like publish or perish situations for <laughs> professors, but they also publish other books from outside, so they're another good outlet. Then you have self-publishing, as you've mentioned, or if you didn't, I'm going to mention it now anyway. And then you've got vanity publishing. Well... What had happened is Publish America hit upon a successful new formula for vanity publishing. They publish the book for no charge, which sounds like they're a commercial publisher. However, (laughs) they give you a $1 advance, which sounds like they're a commercial publisher. But because remind, don't remember, read the small I can hear the footnote commercial publishers do not pay any advances because they're so small. Right. Uh huh. But then they don't get their books into stores. Ooh. And they have a discount for retailers that is only 5%. Oy. But they have a restocking fee if the book retailers return the books of 10%. Oh, wow. That's an so <laughs> interesting that way to make money. The retailer yeah. isn't going to order the books. 
because they can't, can't afford to return them. <laughs> so where do they make their money? They sell the books to the authors for an That's inflated right. price, right? And, that and is they're the author's friends. Of a, of a vanity publisher is that their target market is their own authors. Oh, it's not that they no. pay oh. to be published because it makes no difference whether you pay up front or in back after every other option has been exhausted to get your book out to the stores and then you find oh well i'm going to have to order the books myself at the inflated <laughs> rate and then go around to bookstores and see if i can get them to take these books on consignment oh my god sell them out of the trunk of your car door exactly. to door i ain't writing any books no <laughs> i don't blame you me neither there have been a couple of publishing authors who have actually managed to sell a few hundred of their books or more, but none have achieved bestseller status anywhere. I, I can understand why not. the one in Wales that you That's <laughs> <laughs> a whale of a tail, my friend, a whale of a tail indeed. And Thank you. I also have to wonder how much they're telling about the truth of that, whether they actually did have the top ten there. Fascinating industry. Yeah, wow. Thank you so much. Can you give us the site real quick here so people can go okay. and learn more? The site is at another realm, A-N-O-T-H-E-R-E-A-L-M dot com slash Editors P-R-E-D-E-D-I-T-O-R-S. And we have that site and another one in Canada, and that keeps the uh, critics... Uh, well, I shouldn't say the critics, but the scammers from shutting us down because they can't get the boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep up the good work because writers are such easy prey and in and, publishing they can't hear you scream. <laughs> and if I may say one last thing, uh, since we're being sued by uh, several of them, we would appreciate any donations that uh, writers would make to us. We have a donation button for pen, uh, PayPal on our new page at each site and it's also been replicated at a number of other writers sites uh, it doesn't matter how little you can send or donate but it will help us to afford an attorney because we're fighting two battles at the same time Whoa. well good luck yeah we're 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 pulling for you <laughs> okay just go for it thanks a lot they really appreciate your time Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us again this week on True Crime and Predators, Editors, Battle, Murder, Sudden Death. We got it all on the Outlaw Radio Network. To be continued. Oh, come on. Oh, you know, Matt Allen's coming up soon. <laughs> He's a rock and roll baboon, you know. <laughs> oh, Pork salad, Annie. Gator's got a granny. Take a bite of this one, woman. Oh,